This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Wednesday, 30 November, the year of our Lord, 2022. We've got uh, capital markets, geopolitics, the politics of Pennsylvania, Arizona, ballot harvesting, uh, the, the coercive nature of the uh, process out in Arizona, all of it. Plus, we're going to get to Ukraine, Russia, China, what's happening in Beijing, and Brazil all in the next two hours. So strap in. I want to start with uh, Steve Cortez. We're going to go to Georgia. John Frederick's going to join us in a moment. Uh, we've got a brain analysis of ballot harvesting in Delaware County that did not certify their election uh, in Pennsylvania, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. We're going to go to Arizona uh, with the officials out there that are saying they're being coerced to into um, certifying the election. So we've got a lot of a lot of wood to chop and some quite controversial topics to address. Cortez, um, the Wall Street Journal, want to really give a hat tip to the Wall Street Journal and to uh, Rupert Murdoch and that crack team. They finally caught up with the uh, the war room six months later. Uh, partic- I think they're I think they're so upset that we focused we featured yesterday. So Treasury yield curve inverts to deepest level since 1981, right? And yesterday, a couple of people were whining to me. Hey, it's a little dry start with Cortez going through the thing, and but overwhelmingly the audience loved it because they know it's going to impact their life. Right. Walk me through walk me through the Wall Street Journal catching up with this. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, we told you this is all going to start to manifest itself into numbers in employment and wages and all of it. And surprise, surprise, who would have thunk it, Steve Cortez? It is. Take it away, sir. No, it's it's starting to happen. Regarding the Wall Street Journal, Steve, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So welcome to the party, Wall Street Journal. You're extremely late, but better late than never. We've, of course, been talking about the yield curve for many, many months and what a foreboding sign it is. The U.S. first, now the global yield curve inverted. I also want to get ahead of the curve for the audience here and let them know, not just the yield curve, but ahead of the curve of the news flow and information and economics to tell them that inflation is still a really important story. But it's transitioning now into the recession that the inflation has caused. And so I think we should shift our thinking. Inflation still matters, but the the looming recession and particularly the looming job losses are going to matter more in the coming months. So just as we were ahead talking about the inflation that would explode because of Biden's policies, and we were very early on that, I think we can be early as well on talking about the deepening recession and the massive looming job losses that are going to unfold. And this, again, not just my opinion, we got two data points overnight, which were really foreboding. The first one, we'll talk more about this later in the show, out of China. China PMI, 
Purchasing Managers Index, both on the manufacturing and the services side in recessionary contraction territory below 50. Both of them were very, very big misses. The combination of a weak U.S. consumer on this side of the Pacific and the zero COVID tyranny on their side of the Pacific have resulted in a Chinese economy that is crashing into the ditch. But the problems aren't, of course, contained to China here in the United States this morning. We got really bad jobs news out on the ADP private payrolls number. We can show it, please, on chart number one, uh, because again, I like data and evidence, not just sloganeering. If we look at this chart, though, that goes back to the beginning of the Biden term. This is private payrolls from ADP. It was a massive miss out this morning. As you can see, like so many economic metrics, Biden was given a great handoff from Donald Trump. Look at that up arrow in the first several months of the Biden regime's term in office. The handoff from the Trump boom 2.0 was magnificent. We had an economy that was aggressively reopening without inflation. But Biden quickly squandered that wonderful inheritance, and it has been a downward trajectory ever since. And the worst detail of this report out this morning, manufacturing. Manufacturing jobs down 100,000 positions, 100,000 workers for the month. So that this is these are the consequences of the inflation that Joe Biden has wrought. The inflation has tipped the economy because of higher interest rates of the inflation produced has tipped the economy into a significant recession and one that is now producing real job losses, tangible job losses for the American people. Okay, I want to go back because these are high value added uh, jobs also in the ADP report. Did they report also wages or is this the 20th month or the 21st month that we still have? a negative real wage growth or, or is ADP not cover that? Because uh, uh, I saw some no, of that wage increase. They, yeah, Go they ahead. do. Now, typically when I talk about the consecutive, I rely on the CPI report, but yes, this also right. certainly points to a 20th consecutive month. For now, I'm going to stick with 19, which is terrible enough. I got it. Uh, that we're 19 consecutive but, months. But, but, is an indicator, but, but as an indicator, they're giving the indication when the CBI comes out, right. that it'll be, this will be the 20th month. My point is right. wages are not, keeping up and now you get the double whammy which we said was going to happen when the biden was given all the happy talk and the run up to the midterms you know tightest job market in history tightest job market in history a lot of that's because people working two two and three jobs right to, to make sure that they can put food on the table not run up any more credit card debt i want to go back to the manufacturing jobs and this is key to pennsylvania and all the upper midwest these this is the heart of the nation of these manufacturing right. jobs. These are these are higher value added. They're not service jobs. This is the right. type of thing that you can support a family on or attempt to support a family in this day and time of inflation. How big a deal is this? Oh, listen, it, I mean, it's massive. And, and you're right. These are high income family sustaining jobs. Uh, when you combine that loss in manufacturing with, with what we've already seen in tech, over 120,000 jobs lost in tech this year. Also, high uh, salary jobs, high value add positions for the American economy. Uh, this is unfortunately a trend that is only beginning. And here's the thing too, I wrote a new article about this, which the audience can find on my Substack if they care to read the details. I do believe that inflation may have peaked. Now, importantly, that doesn't mean that inflation is going to get better, right? It means it's just going to be less bad, less severe in terms of inflation. But if it has indeed peaked, Steve, it has only peaked for the worst of all reasons because we have such a deepening recession and we're going to have such severe job losses that it is going to be a restraining force on prices. Prices are going to remain very high, very elevated, 
but they're not going to continue at the upward trajectory they had before. But again, not for the right reasons, for all the wrong reasons. The inflation has now caused a recession, has caused the beginning of massive job losses, which in turn will cause inflation to at least temper a bit from here. But again, this is this is by no means good news for the American economy. Let's go to uh, also I want to show a little ankle on today. Obviously, the the Fed, the big day for the Fed. Uh, what do you anticipate? Because listen, they're, they're trying to choke down the inflation. This is both monetary and fiscal policy trying to get right. coordinated, right? The, the the fiscal madness. When we say fiscal, this is the spending. And mm. right now in Capitol Hill, you have this huge battle. And Mitch McConnell said yesterday, "Oh, I'm going to work with the Democrats to get an omnibus. We need to put this to bed and not just have a continued resolution." Kicks into the year when we actually have total control in the House. Um, you see, and actually Kevin McCarthy yesterday, very disappointing. I remember it was Congressman Norman from South Carolina said, Hey, I asked him, does he support this balanced budget in seven years? Said, no, he doesn't. McCarthy yesterday, I think showed the cards, you know, he's been having a good run trying to show conservatives in the house freedom caucus and particularly this audience that he's going to be tough. But he said he, he threw in with the omnibus, right? That means he doesn't want to have tough votes in the beginning of the year. We need tough votes. We need right. to force the Biden administration to the table to be actually get control of the spending because the spending is what put put uh, through um, jet fuel onto this burning dumpster fire. Right. Right. And, 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 and that's one yeah. of the biggest reasons. So the Fed today walk through the apparatchik Powell uh, yes. today. What is he going to do? And by the way, that's what Powell is. You know, look, unfortunately, Powell is exhibit A among a lot of bad exhibits of, of the failure of the supposed experts, of the credentialed class of permanent Washington, uh, who have great CVs, they have great resumes, but they actually have no real knowledge of their area of supposed expertise, in this case, the economy from Jerome Powell. Jerome Powell is a Washington, D.C. lifer, born and raised there. He is a lawyer by trade. He has never worked in financial markets. He did a stint at Carlisle in the private equity world. But the reality is only in a town like Washington, D.C. could somebody as untalented and unremarkable as Jerome Powell become as powerful as he has become. He's speaking this afternoon, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. I expect him to mostly strike a hawkish tone, meaning that the, insisting that the Fed needs to continue to raise interest rates. The reason I say that is his colleagues on the Federal Reserve uh, Board, the FOMC that, that determines interest rates, they have been incredibly blunt and hawkish, particularly Bullard, who over the weekend warned financial markets that they are actually underpricing the risks of the Fed being incredibly aggressive. So I think the Fed has finally found religion on inflation, an inflation crisis that it's itself helped to create. It deserves a, a massive portion of the blame for this, along with a profligate Congress and, and the Democrat Party. Um, but look, Powell, I will, I will tell you this. Harry Truman, uh, Steve, used to say that he wanted a one-arm economist because he was sick of economists saying, on the one hand, on the other hand. Okay, Powell yep. is the master of that. He'll give us a lot of on the one hand, on the other hand this afternoon. But on balance, it will be more hawkish than not because the Fed realizes finally, at last, the gravity of the crisis that they themselves helped to create. Okay, Steve, you're going to hang around with me for the first hour, so we got a lot to go through. I want to go. Let's go to is John Fredericks. We have him up in Georgia. We don't. Okay, fine. If we don't, it, okay, fine. Let's go to John Fredericks. John, you're on the uh, you're on the, uh, the the bus down in Georgia. Is uh, her, if Herschel Walker wins this, people have to understand the gravity of the situation. You get a power sharing deal at fifty fifty, which is radically different than if you got 
uh, 51-49. Also, if you get 50-50, who knows? Maybe you talk Mansion and one of these guys in the flipping that d- don't want to get, uh, you know, don't want to lose the 2024 race. Where do we stand with Herschel Walker? Well, the other thing, Stephen, you nailed it. People saying, well, it doesn't matter. The Democrats have control. It matters a lot. You're right. 50-50 power share, share, big difference on the committees. And you mentioned Joe Manchin. Even if he doesn't flip, if you're 50-50, you know, Manchin's up in 24, West Virginia, Trump got, what, 75% of the vote there. He's got nowhere to hide. At 51-49, he can have show votes, go with us 50 times. It doesn't matter because Harris breaks the tie, right? So it also makes Joe Manchin has to man up and give real votes in real time. So that's the other thing. And the third thing is it's one less seat. Obviously, we have to win to get control in 24. But look, uh, going into Wednesday today, Herschel's behind my estimates by about 200,000 votes. The good news is, you know, we're out here on the bus tour. All we're interested now is ballots. I'm in the ballot business. I got out of the voting business after November 8th. I'm out of the convincing business, the narrative business. I'm in, I'm in the, I'm in the ballot business. I just want to put ballots in boxes. That's how they win. That's how we're going to win. We, uh, Walker had a great two days, Monday and Tuesday, getting early ballots in, in uh, Republican areas. We had record turnout. So he's cutting into that deficit. But what really hurt him here is the, Steve, the incompetence of the Republican National Committee is beyond the pale. You can't make this up. If I submitted this movie script to you when you were a director and producer, you would have sent it back to me and said, Fredericks, I can't even do this. It's so stupid. Nobody would believe it. So what the Democrats, what the Republicans did, the Democrats wanted to start early voting here a week ago, Wednesday. The Republicans wanted to start it on Monday. The Democrats also wanted early voting on Saturday. So the Republicans file suit. They don't want to do it. A judge rules in the Democrats' favor. Then the Republicans turn around at the RNC with their loser lawyers, and they file a number of appeals. Well, this goes on for two weeks. Finally, a judge rules in the Democrats' favor. But the Republicans had no contingency plan. So starting on Wednesday last week, Wednesday and Saturday, right? And then he had Thursday and Friday to set this up. So they had a four-day head start. All the major Democrat counties were open for early voting and none of the Republicans were because they didn't have the staff. They didn't have a contingency plan. They didn't set anything up. They had nothing. So they didn't start early voting until Monday. So Warnock got this humongous start on Saturday. There were three hour lines in his biggest counties, Steve. And so that's how Warnock now has a major lead because Ronald Romney McDaniel once again screwed it up. And here we are playing catch up. Hang on for one second. We're going to go back to Georgia with John Fredericks. We've got a very special guest that's going to walk us through the ballot business, as John Frederick calls it, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. We're going to go to Arizona. We've got breaking news out of Arizona. And uh, we've got Steve Cortez. We're packed this morning. Georgia and Pennsylvania next in the world. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, a deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon 
to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bandon to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Okay? There's a crisis in the black community. The destruction of strong black men in the family. First, they passed laws to lock up our fathers and brothers. And now, the Democrat Party is coming for your kids. Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock supports the feminization and sexualization of your sons. Do you want the Democrats to turn your boy into a girl? On December 6th, stop Raphael Warnock from creeping on your kids. Okay, that's some of these tough ads that Laura Loomer and her group are putting up in Georgia. Very tough. But this is, we're beyond policy on this right now, uh, Fredericks. I think you're, this is all about, this is pure political muscle. Who's going to turn out votes via ground game? I don't think it's about ads, right? It's about ground game. And my understanding is that the Kemp, uh, Governor Kemp supposedly has the greatest turnout machine finely tuned in Georgia history. And you saw part of that in the beatdown of Stacey Abrams by what, eight, nine points, um, and supposedly that was that was part of this massive Mitch McConnell, Carl Rove uh, money raise was to rent that and use it as a stand up operation. This is all about get out the vote. We got to pull another Yunkin where MAGA has to turn out massively uh, for Walker to win and Walker must win. We got to get to a 50 50 Senate to get leverage. Remember the word leverage. We got leverage in the House. We need leverage in the Senate. Tell me about the ground game. Do you see it? Is it happening? And how does John Fredericks in the war room help? Well, listen, the best thing that we can do is what we're doing right now on our bus tour. Go to MAGABusTour.com. We're in early voting areas in the biggest areas that we have to get Trump voters out. Because, you know, the bottom line is 200,000 people voted for for Kemp in November 8th, didn't, didn't vote for Herschel. For whatever reason, that, that number's real, and we have to deal with that. So, look, here's the good news. Um, our message is resonating of get out and vote and vote early and get your vote in now. I think people understand that uh, they have to get out and vote. So Walker's had a great two days. Monday and Tuesday were phenomenal with record numbers of people turning out in red areas. So we're very encouraged by that. But look, we, we're, we're, we're in a big hole and we have to understand we can't wait till game day. If we do, we're going to get beat again. It's not even going to be close. We, we got to get these early votes in. So anybody that's out there right now, you have a friend, you have a family member in Georgia, get them out, get them out today, get them out Thursday, get them out Friday. Don't wait till Tuesday. Too many things happen. On Friday at 5 p.m., it's done. No more early voting. And then, you know, you got to have the, the, the mail-out ballots coming in. We have to deal with that. And we have to have the game day turnout. But everybody that votes early is a phone call that the Republican Party doesn't have to make on game day to get you out to vote. That's really what the key is. We're in the, we're in the ballot business. I'm going to say it again. Because we really have to understand the business yeah. we're in. Get the ballots in, put them in a drop box. That's what we have to do Sorry. in order to pull this out. We're behind. It's winnable, yeah. uh, but we're closing. And it's so a must far, win, so good. By the way, two days. You, you sound like the Godfather. Must this win. is the business we've chosen. This is the business we've chosen. John Ferris, real quickly, how do they how do they get to you on social media? How do they follow the bus nonstop? 
Go to megabustore.com, come out, sign the bus. We get big crowds wherever we do. Sign the bus, get your ballot in, sign the bus and vote. Sign the bus and vote. That's all we ask. Go to megabustore.com. You want to help us out with a donation? We always appreciate that. This thing is on a string. So uh, we need all the help that we can get. Also, you can follow me on social media at JF Radio Show, at JF Radio Show. Corey Lewandowski, interesting today, gets on my show on uh, RAV and uh, came pretty close to announcing a run for chair of the RNC. The more candidates we get in, Mike Lindell, Lewandowski, the better. We need change at the RNC, Steve. The incompetence there is like, if she was in a public company, Ronald McDonald, today, they would bring in security with a box, put her pictures in, and escort her out and throw her on an Uber. That's how yeah. bad this thing is. My, they are so incompetent beyond the pale. We need change. My, my, strong, my strong recommendation to Corey, who's a great guy, sort yourself out first before you try to sort the RNC. But it's a free country. Anybody can run. <laughs> John Fredericks, thank you very much for my morning laughter. Thank you, sir. Okay, I want to go talk. John Fredericks says, hey, I'm in the uh, ballot business, not the vote business. I want to go to Ethan uh, Kutsarambas in Pennsylvania, one of the smartest analytical guys I had him on the show before. Uh, Ethan, uh, you've, you've written this Twitter feed. I don't know if you put it into an article, but you wrote a Twitter uh, thread yesterday about Delaware County. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Has Delaware County certified the vote in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania by the recent election, or are they hesitating about it? What's the status of actually the certification? Luzerne County in Northeast Pennsylvania. That is the county that has yet to certify because on election day, they ran out of ballots and thousands of voters were turned away. So how did that how did that happen? Had Lucerne was the centerpiece, the center of this huge fight. How did they run out of balance? Uh, it's Steve. I, I wish I knew. You know that is ground zero for MAGA country. That is where the Trump Democrats live, um, and they just flat out ran out of balance. Uh, it's hard to come up with an excuse for that. So talk to us about your your Twitter thread. I want to talk about this whole issue of early ballots, mail in ballots, ballot harvesting, etc. Walk us through your analysis of this because. Pennsylvania is still the key that picks the lock, and we have massive problems out in Arizona, but walk me through your analysis of Pennsylvania. I, like a lot of people, Steve, was pretty bullish on Pennsylvania's uh, midterm in November. Uh, the reason I was was because you look at the national environment and you say, wow, how can anybody vote for two more years of this? But what also got me uh, optimistic was looking at the mail-in ballot returns across Pennsylvania, and I saw that the Democrats were underperforming their anticipated mail-in ballot returns. And I said, okay, the Democrats have have a depressed turnout as well. Ultimately, things didn't go the right way in Pennsylvania. And the reason was because Republicans didn't vote. But what I wanted to do was prove a point with how the Democrats do mail-in balloting across Pennsylvania to show that we can beat them at their own game. And on top of that, Pennsylvania is still a purple state. And mail-in ballots is not the reason Pennsylvania went blue this past midterm. So walk me through that. Walk me through how they do it better, how we can do it better, why the, why we didn't lose because of that. Yeah. So what I did was I took every single Democratic voter in Pennsylvania who applied to vote by mail and who also returned their ballot. I did it in all 67 of Pennsylvania's counties. And then I plotted it on a chart just because I wanted to see how do people apply and how do they return their ballots. In 66 of Pennsylvania's 67 counties, there was a clear trend. 
two thirds of Democrats apply to vote by mail in the spring and one third of Democrats apply to vote by mail in the fall. The reason it breaks down like that is because the Pennsylvania mail-in ballot law mandates that each of Pennsylvania's counties send a mailing to prior mail-in voters asking if they want to do it again. So you've got close to a million Democrats received a taxpayer paid for mailing asking them, do you want to vote by mail again? And a, a whole bunch of them said, yeah, I'd like to do that. What the Democrats did is they would then chase that taxpayer mailer with a text, a robocall, a digital ad. So two thirds come during the spring. The remaining third of applications come during the fall. And that's just because it's the fever pitch of the campaigns and voters are saying, I want to vote by mail. But there was one county that stood out and that county was Delaware County, which was a prior Republican stronghold in suburban Philadelphia. And today it's part of the Democratic base. What made them so unique is that of the 67 counties in Pennsylvania, 66 of them had almost no activity throughout the summer. However, in Delaware County, they saw the majority of their applications happen during the summer. And you have to ask yourself why. The first thing you want to do is try to establish, was there any fraud? Steve, there is no evidence of any fraud that I've seen in Delaware County. In order to commit mail-in ballot fraud, you can do it in two places. Number one is that when you apply to vote by mail, you have to provide either your social security or driver's license number. Now, we don't have voter ID when you walk into a poll in Pennsylvania, but you need voter ID to vote by mail. So you need someone that builds a list, somehow steals a whole bunch of driver's license numbers, submits an application without a voter's knowledge, and then completes them. That didn't happen. The second way you can have fraud is if there's some type of conspiracy in a courthouse to not count ballots. I've seen no evidence of that in Delaware County. Ultimately, what the Democrats did is exactly what Republicans used to do prior to the pandemic. We used to have coordinated campaigns to get Republicans to vote by mail. The way we did that is we mailed everybody an application and we would chase it with a phone call. What the Democrats did is their candidates at the state house level and elsewhere would go to door to door and carry an application with them and say, please fill out this application to vote and mail it in. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just great get out the vote efforts that we've gotten away from in Pennsylvania for the past two years. And we need to get back to basics. If we you, do that. When, hang on. You say there's no fraud because I know there's a big controversy in Delaware County. We're going to try to get some of these folks on tonight to go through it. You say you need a social security number and a or uh, a driver's license number. How do you know that there was no voter fraud? And I want to talk about the signature verification on that. But just on the application itself, you're saying you would either have to get a huge grunge of Social Security numbers or driver's licenses in order to effectuate the fraud at that level? Steve, 100 percent, unless somebody somehow finds a way to tap into the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation database to steal thousands of driver's license numbers, they're just not going to be able to pull it off. And each county is mandated to check that number on the application against the database in Pennsylvania, or else that, that person can't vote by mail. It's that simple. It's, it's baked in voter ID that Republicans have been begging for in Pennsylvania for years. And voter ID is an 80-20 issue in Pennsylvania. We have it today with mail-in ballots, and Republicans need to start using it.
Let me just go back. I'll tell you what, we, we're, we're going to take a break. Can you hang over? I just want to stay on Delaware sure. County for a second. Um, uh, we're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to return. We're going to Pennsylvania. We're also going to go to Arizona. Uh, Steve Cortez is still with us. we got a lot to get through in the rest of this hour, and I commit to you they're going to get through it all. Short break. Back uh, in the war room in a moment. Bring it on and I'll fight to the end. Just watch and see. It's all started. Everything's begun. And you are over. Because we're taking down the CCP. Fair warning. Listen to this convicted home title thief explaining what happens when he forges your home's title and takes over as the new owner. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh no, I have title insurance. It's in my name or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. You're living in a delusion. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it or sold the property, it's 60 to 90 days for that person to even figure out that they're the victim of this crime. You start getting foreclosure notices. You've got four mortgages on your house. You don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Home title fraud is growing two and a half times faster than credit card fraud. You could be a victim and not even know it. Here's how to protect yourself and verify your home's title is still in your name. Visit HomeTitleLock.com promo code radio. Then register your address for your no obligation home title report. A hundred dollar value you get for free. Again, get your free home title report at HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. Here's your host, Stephen K. Batten. Okay, Athen Kutz-Arambas joins us from Pennsylvania. So I understand the audience. I've got it. People's heads are blowing up. Take a deep breath. It's the first step of a journey. Uh, and we're going to have you back on. By the way, you're one of the top analytical guys. We've had you on before. You're one of the top analytical guys and have been in the Commonwealth for many, many years. I just want to go back because time, I've got to get to Arizona. But Athen, at least for this inaugural you know, launch, I want you to go back and tell our audience how did Delaware County, because let me be blunt, unless you get Delaware County back into the red category that it needs to be, right, and start really having ballots and up in Lucerne and Northeast, up around Scranton, get that mess sorted. We're not going to be winning Pennsylvania. Let me just be blunt. Okay, you can't offset what they're doing in Philadelphia, right? With as many votes in the in the heartland of of Pennsylvania, which is fabulous, and even out west in some of the Trump country. So, how did Delaware County go from being solidly red to now kind of solidly purple, or even slightly blue? How did that happen? Steve, I could spend an hour uh, talking about that. Uh, Delaware County is a suburban county right outside of Philadelphia on, on the western border of Philadelphia. It was so solidly Republican that there were books written about uh, Republican politics in Delaware County. There used to be jokes that if you wanted to have your trash picked up in Delaware County, you needed to be registered Republican. Over time, there was an exodus of people from Philadelphia, specifically moving out of West Philadelphia and into Delaware County. And the Delaware County Republican machine did their best to explain the reason Delaware County is safe, the reason Delaware County is prosperous, is because we have a set of Republican values here. And please vote for those Republican values by voting for Republican candidates. 
And the Delaware County Republican Party was able to hold the line way longer than anybody thought that they could have. But our challenge has been is that we've got to identify candidates who have the ability to bring the big tent. And that's not about becoming a moderate. That's not about becoming a rhino. That is about being a conservative and communicating it well. So what's happened is that while the Republican Party in Delaware County still can do a great job in certain places, uh, the Democrats have taken over the majority of state House seats. And state House seats is how you organize at the basic level in Pennsylvania. And their candidates are workers. They're going to knock on the doors. And Delaware County is a place that's very walkable. They're willing to put in the elbow grease to, to do the types of changes that they've made. So it's a big deal. Uh, we've got to find ways to compete. And in Bucks County, where I live, we found that model. It is the blue-collar conservative model. And we've wrapped ourselves in it. And we have a strong manufacturing base here in the lower part of our county. And, and we, we roll with it. We, the realignment of the Republican Party to being a workers' party, a populist party, that flies in, in Bucks County. It flies throughout Pennsylvania. That's a message yeah. we need to bring to Delaware County. Just last thing, how did this Republican, the mail-in ballot fiasco in, in, uh, in um, Pennsylvania, the last thing, we only got about a minute, how did the Republican legislature get in back of this? Because 2020 and now 2022 and looking forward, I mean, we've got a mess in Pennsylvania. We've got to sort out. How did a Republican legislature approve that? So statesmen referred to them as agreements, right? They, they made a trade. The trade was we will make an agreement to remove straight party voting in exchange for mail-in balloting. The belief was that getting rid of straight party voting would be able to bring more Republican votes in Philadelphia and the city of Pittsburgh. In exchange for that, we got mail-in ballots. Now, the, how do you test that theory? In 2020, President Trump lost Pennsylvania, but two Republicans <laughs> won statewide office that we hadn't won in nearly 20 years. So there may be validation to that theory. I think what the Republicans who voted for this bill never imagined was a global pandemic that would have one party adopt mail-in ballots at an incredible rate, while Republicans were discouraged from using it. Republicans used to be the masters at voting by mail. It's also, it's also, as you know, we're the centerpiece of President Trump did not, in fact, did not lose Pennsylvania. He won, but it was because of the mail-in ballots and particularly signature verification, all of it. Okay. Athen, um, you've done an amazing job. We want to get you back on here because this is, we got, if we don't sort of Pennsylvania, there's not going to, I don't care who you run in 2024, right? Donald Trump, uh, our strong belief is going to be win the primary and win the presidency. But I got to tell you, this is Pennsylvania's key. Your analysis is, is, is quite interesting. I want to make sure everybody were to put the Twitter up. How do people follow you? Cause you're going to pick up a lot of followers today and guess what? All of them are not going to be fans, okay? At least at first, I can already tell from the live chat. You're going to have some. You're going to have some challenges here, but that's good. You're you're a very tough and smart guy. Uh, where they go to get you? I'm on Twitter at Athen underscore K A T H A N underscore K. Athen, thank you very much for coming back on the show. Appreciate. It. Look forward to having you back on. I want to thank Alexander Preate and Jack Basovic for tutoring me for 24 hours on how to pronounce uh, Athens' name. So thanks. Got to do that one. Um, let's go out to Arizona, Mojave County. Supervisor Ron Gould. Can we play? Uh, can we go ahead and play the clip first? I want to introduce Ron to the clip. Um, I vote aye under duress. 
Um, I found out today that I have no choice but to vote aye or I'll be arrested and charged with a felony. Um, I don't think that that is what our founders had in mind when they used the democratic process to elect our leaders, our self, former self-government. I find that very disheartening. With your vote of four ayes and zero nays, you've approved item 1B. Anything else for the good of the order? We're adjourned. Okay, welcome back. For the good of the order, Ron Gould, first off, tell me about Mojave County. Uh, You know, Arizona is one of the most stunningly beautiful states in America. Does tourism from all over the world. People come here absolutely jaw-dropping beauty. And it's kind of this vast wilderness that's still uh, Arizona. Tell us about what Mojave County, how big is it, how many folks, what do you guys do? Tell me about the county. Good morning, Steve. Mojave County is the fifth largest county in the United States, um, bounded by the Colorado River. Um, it is beautiful, and it's a, a outstanding landscape. Um, it's awesome. Mojave County is pretty much of a rural county. The, the three main cities that are in Mojave County is Kingman, Bullhead City, and Lake Havasu City. Um, and it's a solid red county. We vote 70 to 75 percent Republican. It's it's big Trump country, big MAGA. You have to be a hardy type to live in Mojave yeah. County, right? You're not. It's, it's, it's pe- 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 people that are people that are pioneer spirit, correct? Correct, correct. And you'd be amazed at the number of Trump flags that are still flying in uh, yeah. Lake Havasu City, in particular, and uh, an expletive Biden flags are coming in a close second. So, so, so Mojave County is massive, fifth largest county in the United States of America, bigger than many countries. Not not hugely populated, but populated by this kind of hardy, uh, conservative frontier type, um, uh, you know, the backbone of the country. This is the salt of the earth in this county. Uh, sir, you know, I've, I've watched, uh, you know, been involved in news for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years now, made films before that, been all over the world. I don't actually ever remember, and maybe it's out there and I'll have the audience send it to me, uh, a public official stating what was stated into the microphone yesterday about the being a threat in a democracy being a threat to Russia. Can you walk me through what, what's that about what happened on this certification sure. process in Mojave County? Yeah. What we were doing is called canvassing the election, which meant that we were going to accept the results from Mojave County's election, not Maricopa County's election where Phoenix is, where they had a ton of problems. Um, our election officials do a solid job of running our elections. Our elections are fair and, and honest and transparent. So we were approving Mojave County's canvas. Um, we had postponed the canvas till the very last day just to give everybody more time to um, do the research and whatnot on any ch- potential challenges. And the attorney that was staffing the Board of Supervisors meeting uh, told us if we were to vote no on the canvas, that we would be subject to criminal penalties. And to me, that that just blew my mind. If I have the ability to vote yes or no, but you're gonna arrest me if I vote no, that, that's just not how we do it here in America. But apparently it's how we're doing it now in Arizona. So this who who was the attorney? Who did he who did the attorney represent? Did he represent the, the supervisors or he represent the state? No, he's the he's an attorney for the county attorney's office, and he's the representative for the board of supervisors and he was not making a threat he was informing us of what of what we could uh, be up against if we chose to not approve the canvas 
The other issue with if we didn't approve the canvas, then um, the candidates in Arizona could not challenge the vote. It's just a strange way that it lays out. And then if we didn't this approve is, it, yeah. take our votes out of the mix. This this is that you got to certify that you call it a canvas. You got to certify the vote to then contest the election. This is this controversy with Kerry Lake. L- let me ask you, did you get a chance? I know Monday you were in these. Did you get a chance to see any of the activity of citizens testifying in front of Maricopa County? And what's your assessment of what happened oh, in Maricopa I did, I did. County? I did see that. And from my statements about Maricopa County, I am not on the Christmas card list of any Maricopa County supervisors anymore. Um, They've done a terrible job of handling their elections for the last three election cycles. They haven't seen you would think they would learn from the first poorly run one, but they just don't seem to learn how to run an election properly. I guess we need to send some of our officials from up here down there and help them. So Ron, um, Given the fact that you guys run them transparent and uh, and I realize it's a much smaller place, but you run them transparently and and fairly, um, is this your view? Is this incompetence or is it malfeasance? Is, is this level of uh, implosion on election day? Understanding that Trump voters are because of concerns they've got with the counting process and the mail-in ballot process and the algorithms and machines, everything that they they have in their mind as free citizens, they come out on game day. Could this just be, as you've seen it, incompetence, or do you think it's malfeasance? You know, I, I don't want to uh, paint them with a the malfeasance, but they're surely incompetent. You know, they should have learned how to run an election by now. Um, you know, to, to not have the, the correct ink in your machine to print a ballot, that's just unacceptable. Do you think... Um, do you think that uh, there's all types of, you know, there's going to be lawsuits, people are getting affidavits, there's going to be, they're going to contest election one level, but also voters are going to start coming in now that they were disenfranchised. You got this whole situation in Cochise County where they're asking Katie Hobbs to come and make a presentation to actually walk them through why their voters are not disenfranchised, what exactly went on. She's, I think, kind of refusing. You've got Mark Elias has now stepped in here and said, hey, the only presentation the supervisor are going to see is in a courtroom you know they've already he's already representing groups that are f- f- suing the uh the uh supervisors is, is your sense that that voters in maricopa county were disenfranchised and therefore Mo- mojave county was disenfranchised we believe that mojave county voters were disenfranchised by the problems that they had in maricopa county um, their mistakes are bigger than our entire uh, county vote. And I think it's disenfranchised the rural voters across the state, not to mention it disenfranchises Maricopa County voters and Republican voters in particular who are more likely to cast their ballot at the poll. So any problems at the poll affect Republicans more than they would affect Democrats. Uh, could you hang through? Uh, we're going to take a, a short break. I, I just want to see if you can you hang through for a few minutes on the other side. I've also got John Solomon uh, is going to join us about Maricopa County. Uh, Ron Gould, one of the supervisors up in Mojave County. Uh, we're going to take a short commercial break. Uh, we're going to be uh, joined by the great John Solomon also about the history of Maricopa County of essentially incompetence, voter disenfranchisement. This is a massive, massive crisis, a national crisis, and it's centered in Arizona. Short break. Back in a moment. We rejoice when the no more. Let's take down the season. 
In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range. And with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N all one word this makes a great gift for father's day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range that's the letter i targetpro.com that's i targetpro.com offer code bannon b-a-n-n-o-n getter has arrived the new social media taking on big tech protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture join the marketplace of ideas the platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, make sure you go to my, uh, mypillow.com, promo code WARROOM. We understand, and, and uh, Cortez is going to be back with us in a minute. Uh, money's tight, and hey, may get tighter. We understand this Christmas, you got to watch every penny. Give a gift from MyPillow.com, particularly if you're in the War Room Posse. People will understand that you're supporting the armor-piercing show that is Mike Lindell and the great American manufacturing company up there with those employees in Minnesota. MyPillow.com, promo code War Room. you got eighty up to 80% off. It's a massive inventory clearance sale all these fabulous products and of course they get buy one get one freeze everything toppers slippers pillows uh, bathrobes moccasins obviously sheets and uh, mattresses but go check it out go check it out uh, today mypillow.com promo code war more details in the next hour let me go back to mojave county look you 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 come across as a patriot obviously it's a it's a uh, a county with the great frontier spirit you talk about disenfranchisement. What what are you guys going to do now about that issue of disenfranchisement in this election? If we were to not canvas our election, they would just remove our voters' vote from the statewide tally, which then uh, it actually would flip to the Republican seats that we picked up statewide. So it just add insult to injury. But I've got an attorney working on the issue of uh, the interpretation that if we were to vote no on the canvas, we'd be arrested because I just think that's the wrong uh, decision. So we'll appeal that to the, the attorney general. I need to do that fast because we may not control the attorney general seat after the first of the year. Uh, Ron, how do people uh, follow you? How do they get to you? Because this is obviously they're going to contest this. There's going to be lawsuits flying all around, I'm sure. Mojave and Cochise are going to play a pretty important part going forward. How do people get to you? Um, I'm on Facebook, got Ron Gould at sitlink.net. And uh, okay. if they want to send me my county email is um, gould.r at mojave. 
I guess. Cool. Okay, we'll put it up on the we'll put it up on in all the chat rooms and on the site. Ron Agould from Mojave County, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Steve. Have a great day. Merry Christmas, by the way. Thanks, brother. Merry Christmas. So, uh, John Solomon, this is a mess. He just said that, hey, yeah. the voters in Mojave County were disenfranchised by this madness in Maricopa. You've got a great article up <clears throat> with your correspondent out there. Walk us through the history of, of Maricopa County. This is not just something that happened. There's a history of uh, malfeasance and incompetence. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, listen, this is a 10-year train wreck in the making. It was a slow train wreck. Uh, in 2012, there were so many problems that uh, provisional ballots and early ballots took weeks to count. And back at that time, the local media were outraged. In fact, they, I think it was Arizona Republican called Arizona nationally disgraced by its performance in elections. In 2014, similar things happened. In 2016, they made changes and the lines were so long that the Obama Justice Department sent a letter saying they were concerned about what Maricopa County was doing. 2018, more long delays in voting counts. And of course, 2020, the Arizona Senate came back and found all sorts of irregularities, including 5,000 voters, they believe, voted in Maricopa County and at least one other county. So potential double voting, many other uh, ballots called into question, 50,000, I think, across the state. Um, this has been an issue that uh, the local leadership have continually kicked down the line. They have not been able to count votes effectively. Uh, sometimes it's machines, sometimes it's equipment, sometimes it's provisional ballots. But the system has been broken for a long time in Maricopa County. And it was the Obama DOJ and the mainstream media originally concerned until Republicans started complaining. And then, of course, uh, it became election denialism to raise the same questions. But this is a county that has had long problems with counting votes. And that's why there's so much distrust in Arizona over the largest county and its election system. Look, they've disenfranchised the rest of the state. They've disenfranchised their own voters. You saw the other day this uh, public uh, denunciation. It was a denunciation across the board. Uh, they've, they've got this technical thing that you've, and they just, the judge ruled last night in the Abe Hamaday situation that you've right. got to wait till it's all certified to go to actually contest it. But this is going to start to get not just heated up. It's going to start to get crazy because of their performance. Um, Tell me how you think this is going to play it. I know you guys have people on the ground and you're very close to this. Walk me through the John Solomon analysis. Yeah, listen, I think there's multiple scenarios. The first is Abe Hamaday's lawsuit will get refiled uh, when uh, the uh, certification is made by the state. The courts will then look at it and see whether there's any merit to it and whether uh, there's a remedy if there is merit to it. Uh, Carrie Lake was on the show last night. I know she was on with you yesterday. Uh, she's preparing legislation as well to come out. Once the certification is, she claims she has whistleblowers. Let's see what that evidence is. In order to prevail in the courts, according to our legal experts, the candidates are going to have to show there are enough um, ballots in dispute of voters who voted for them that either aren't counted or uh, didn't get properly counted or were turned away to overturn the election. That's a high threshold. Uh, a lot less for Abe Hamaday because he's 800 votes. It's several thousand votes for Kerry Lake. So you got to understand the level of high threshold. The long-term question is, will any of this litigation prompt this county with 10 years of crisis and problems to actually fix itself so that we don't go through another election? I think that's the third scenario we have to watch. Right now, the county's doubling down thinking what it did was fine. But you look at the history, most Arizona voters don't think what Maricopa County has done is fine. You should be able to walk into Maricopa County, Bahava County, or whatever county in Arizona and be treated the same way. All voters are supposed to have equal protection under the Constitution. Maricopa County has a decade-long history of not meeting that standard.
Look, uh, for 2024 and going forward, first off, there's a huge fight taking place now. Carrie Lake, there's no chance that Hobbs won this. Impossible. She got a big article in the, the Republic today. Didn't even run yeah. a campaign. Didn't run a campaign. This has got to be sorted here. That's why it's a national crisis. But people have to understand, people run around, Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, 2024. Hey, unless we get Pennsylvania and Arizona sorted, and I mean sorted, that this can't happen again, I'm not so sure you can pull it off. John Solomon, uh, where do people get to you for your great show, your website, and you personally? Well, I follow you every night at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock right here on Real America's Voice, Just the News, No Noise, and on social media, Jay Solomon Reports, and of course, justthenews.com. That's where we have all of our news. John Solomon, thank you very much. A great piece we got up on the fiasco in Maricopa County. Thanks, Steve. Absolute, absolute disgrace. Absolute disgrace. But people have to understand, Carrie Lake and her team are at the ramparts. So this is going to be a tough one. It's going to be a nasty one. Short commercial break. Back with Cortez, Gaffney, Pasovic, Tierman, all of it. Economics, geopolitics, what is happening in the world that affects you. Next. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.